I noticed this morning as I was walking into this building that I had the thought, I started to have the thought, oh, I wish the rain had not stopped because it's really beautiful in this room when there's really, it's a little more inconvenient, you get more wet coming over, it's on the flurry of umbrellas and all that, but it's really lovely to sit in here when it's a really heavy rain. It just is so, especially when the wind is blowing and it swirls around the building. So I started to have that thought, I really wish it were other than now, I'd like it better. And I caught my mind doing that, and I said, wait a minute, it's perfect this way. This is lovely. It's really lovely. It couldn't be better. And I really realized that my mind is correcting itself to an equanimous place. It's fine the way it is, because really, to be able to say it's fine with what it is is the same as saying, that's what's happening. What's happening now is that the heavy rain has stopped, and now it's this. And to have a problem with now it's this, and I wish it were other, means leaves the mind always wishing for something, and in a little bit of distress, not huge distress. The first line of the faith verses of the Third Zen Patriarch are, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When I first heard that, I thought to myself, this is going to be an impossible path for me <laughs> because I have a preference on everything. Look at that. I even wish it was raining harder than it is. And as soon as the and having a preference is the antithesis of equanimity. It is what it is. So I hope you had a lovely night of sleep. You had what you had, and we are here. I always, when I sit with myself or I sit with a group, I start by listening. We did that a little bit yesterday for a minute. I won't say anything for the next minute or two. You might, if you decide to, close your eyes. And just listen and notice as you specifically put all the emphasis on the hearing faculty. What do you hear, especially in a quiet room? I think you'll discover, you may discover, that your body presents itself to you more fully than it is has until right this moment. So just listen to the silence.
You may notice as you listen to only silence and as you particularly bring your attention to the faculty of hearing that your whole body begins to present itself to you more clearly. Perhaps you feel a little bit um, a little bit tingly or a little bit few or a little bit here I am or a little bit any other part of your body presenting itself to you. Here I am. I sometimes think that the first couple of minutes of just listening, particularly in a silent room, is kind of like in the days of Polaroid photography, where you take a picture, you don't see it very clearly, and you leave it for however many minutes. And it fills in. It gets more clear. Then you see the picture. It makes itself visible. My experience in sitting with silence is often that my body presents itself more clearly. And as we sit, the instruction is just to just. The instruction is to notice what's happening, to be with what's happening, to relax with what's happening, to not have a problem with what's happening as best you can. Be able to say to yourself, this is what's happening. Okay, this is what's happening. Okay. And we prepare ourselves to be able to do that in our whole life. To be able to say, when there are difficulties, when different things happen, to stay alert to them and to feel their impact, but to be able to say at any time, this is what's happening. What's the best thing I can do now? What can I do in my life to not make things worse. May my, my, may my response to this moment not create suffering for myself or anybody else. So as we sit, let your attention rest with the whole of your body sitting on the floor, on a zafu, on a chair, however you are. If there aren't any other predominant distracting 
events happening in your body, probably you feel your body breathing as the predominant awareness. And the first instruction in the instructions for mindfulness is to pay attention, bring attention to the breath and the breath in the body. In the first minutes as we sit together, Feel your whole body in response to each breath that comes in and out. Of course, the breath comes in and out of your lungs, but it actually moves the whole body. As I sit in these first minutes, I often have a sense that my body is getting bigger. As breath goes into it, my shoulders lift up a little bit. My rib cage pushes out on the sides. So my arms move a little bit out to the side, tiny amount, but anyway, I feel a little bit like I am replenished in all my body, and it all feels that the breath comes into the lungs, but the whole body moves. the breath in the body.
You want to bring your attention to the top of your head. I loved it when Nikki said yesterday, feel that you are unwrinkling your brow. As if with your mind you are smoothing out the tension in that part of the body. Notice what happens when you do that and bring the attention to a particular part of the body. And say, okay, this part, I'll relax. And move your attention, if you want to, down alongside your head, around your ears, around the sides of your face. If you want to, smile. Notice what happens in your whole body and in your mind when you smile. Your jaw relaxes even more. Nat Han said that was the most important meditation instruction. Smile. Your jaw relaxes.
Move your attention, if you want to, down through your neck. and your shoulders. Notice what happens when you particularly bring attention to a particular part of the body. Whatever your response is to moving your attention down your body, if for some reason there's some tension in that part of the body or some discomfort arises or something uncomfortable arises, just as Nikki said yesterday, to be able to say to yourself, it's okay. This is okay. Move your attention down through your shoulders. We're paying attention to the breath and the body. As the breath comes in, It echoes through the whole body and goes out again. Faithfully, as long as we're alive. Bring your attention down around your torso, around your rib cage,
whatever arises, to remember this is what's happening and it's okay. Move your attention down around your belly. Everything that happens is okay. It's just what's happening. When the mind is startled by anything, to respond to it with compassion, it's okay. And bring your attention down through your your hips, your thighs. Contact of your bottom with the chair or the zafu that you're sitting on.
and the bottom of your body. You're sitting in a chair, your feet on the floor. You're sitting with your feet tucked up under you. However you're sitting. And whatever your experience is, to meet it with kindness, this is what's happening. Let's see what happens next. As you sit and walk and go through the day, whatever is happening, to be able to remember, I'm alive. This is why it's happening. It's a miracle to be alive. And to be a human being with the capacity for kindness, whatever is happening. Bringing the attention down through the body and up through the body at any time is a wonderful grounding for being in this moment. And as these days proceed, we'll add different additional instructions, really hints for practice 
but they're really all hints for how to maintain wisdom, how to develop wisdom, recognize wisdom, and maintain it. And each day when we add new instructions, there are ramifications one way or another of those very instructions. Here's another way to be alert in this moment and respond to it with wisdom. The fundamental wisdom being the mind that has no antipathy in it, the mind that graciously accepts what's happening, recognizing what's happening, and thinks to itself, this is what's happening. What can I do to not create suffering for myself or anyone else? All of the techniques that we present will be variations on that theme. The instructions that I just gave are fundamental all the time. Be with the body, experience liveness, and respond with kindness. It's okay what's ever happening. It couldn't be other. I'd like to add one practice technique which you might add for today. It's a mantra that I say to myself quite frequently. It's a mantra that recognizes that what we're mostly trying to do is be alert to what's happening. We understand mindfulness as being attentive to what's happening in this moment, being up for this moment and alert to this moment. May I meet this moment fully is the fundamental instruction. And for some years, I have been saying to myself, may I meet this moment fully? May I meet it as a friend? And so when people say, what's the difference between mindfulness and metta? I say, there isn't any really. We are meeting moments fully. Attentive to what's happening and inclined to kindness, inclined to friendliness that comes from wisdom. It's hard to be a person, and we're all doing it.
So we'll sit quietly now. I'll invite you to be here now. Feel your body. Feel it up and down. Feel it breathing in and out, being breathed by the whole rest of the cosmos, really. And if you want to, practice with the instruction, may I meet this moment fully, may I meet it as a friend.
In a moment, I'll ring the bell. And when you hear it, a practice that I very much enjoy is listening to the bell and not moving until the sound of the bell has faded. From And I watch it arise and go through everything and I wait till it disappears and then I do whatever it is that I'm going to do next. But I, I just think it's such a lovely thing to have a, 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 a practice all the time of being able to see everything that arises passes away. The, the bell starts and then the bell ends. And sometimes it's startling to have a bell ring and find yourself either asleep or in the middle of a profound insight. So I, when I ring the bell, when I use a bell, I like to tell people I'm about to ring the bell so they can prepare themselves. So now I'm about to ring the bell. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet it as a friend. Such sublime instructions this morning. Oof, I was moved to tears, Sylvia. I really was. Thank you. Wow. I want to say, while Sylvia was giving the instructions, um, I found myself tearing up, and I'm still tearing up. Um, I was reminded of the story of story of Anatta Pindika in the times of the Buddha. And he receives a teaching, and actually it's on his deathbed, and he bursts out into tears. And, and, um, and he's asked, are you in pain? Are you dying? He says, no, I, I haven't heard such beautiful Dhamma. And I'm so touched this morning, really.
Um, so as the title of the book by, by Jack Hornfield, after the ecstasy, the laundry. So you had the ecstasy with Sylvia, now I'm going to do the laundry with the announcements. So, so today is the second full day of our retreat. I know it's time kind of shifts and has its funny ways. So today, um, we're starting the practice meetings. Practice meetings. The, so the practice meetings are, uh, first of all, there are different aspects to them I'll discuss. One is, what are they? What they are is that we're, the teachers are going to meet with you in small groups. And the function of the practice meetings is, is to have an opportunity to check in. What's going on? How is it going for you right here, right now? Not what happened last week, last month, yesterday, tomorrow when you're going home. What is happening right now here? with your practice, what's happening in the body, in the mind, what's happening right now? How are you meeting the moment? What's going on? And if there are practical questions coming up from your practice, things that you're not sure about, how to work with, that's the purpose of the practice discussions. Not to quiz you, not to test you. It's really an opportunity for you to ask questions and check in. It's it's for us as teachers to serve you, to serve your practice in this way. And there is a beauty to them being in small groups because you get to hear other people's questions and how they are doing. And it normalizes, oh, it's not just me who's having incessant ta- thoughts. Oh, yeah, this is normal. This is what happens on the first day or two of the retreat. Oh, I'm normal. So there's something about the group the community, communal aspect that creates the sense of, oh yes, care for one another. And with that care for one another also comes deep responsibility in the small groups to offer each other safety in the small groups. Everything that's shared is confidential. It's actually doubly confidential. What do I mean by doubly confidential? It's confidential, number one, in the way that you're not going to repeat what you heard in the group to anyone else outside. And it's doubly confidential because you're not going to reach out to that person afterwards. No writing notes to each other during retreat. You already know that. But afterwards, say, oh, that thing you said, you know, you don't just assume just because they shared it in the small group, it's okay for you to comment on it. You can ask Permission. Is it okay if we talk? You know, you can have to be very gentle, really offer each other safety. Make sense? We're offering each other safety. Another way we offer each other safety is that in the practice discussions, you consider the conversation you have to be a one-on-one conversation with the teacher. And others are holding compassionate, kind witness. They're just witnessing you. That's it. And they're not offering suggestions, they're not offering feedback, they're not offering, there's no crosstalk. 
they're just holding compassion. It's silent presence as you are having your conversation, your check-in with the teacher. Okay? So as a community, can we respect that in the small groups? Great. As a way of really offering each other care and safety. So now where and how they're going to happen. There are sheets, lists point, uh, already posted outside as you go out the doors. On the left side, there is a column. If you haven't uh, checked them out, please check them out ASAP. We'll see half of you today. Half of you will have practice discussions today. Half of you will have practice discussions tomorrow. Usually half who, you know, who have um, less um, retreat experience. We want to see you sooner, okay? So your name will be on the list today. And if you have a few retreats um, under your belt, you'll be seen tomorrow. So Sylvia will be, there's a switch in the room. So if you checked already last night or this morning, early this morning, there's a switch in the room. Sylvia will hold her practice discussions in room one, which is, I'm sorry, room two. two. Yes, room two. The, uh, Bonnie and Sylvia switched. So as, where is room two? Room, uh, as you exit the hall, the bathrooms are on the right. Room one and two are, are past the bathrooms on the right in the same building, okay? So Sylvia is in room two. I'm in room one, adjacent to it. And Bonnie is going to be across the walkway in the council house. Council house is right next to the manager's office. If you've gone in to get to, you know, dental floss or anything, yogi's needs, chocolate. Um, council house is there, so Bonnie will be holding her meetings there. And um, And... Later this afternoon, this will be posted. Hasn't been posted, I think, yet, Liz. You'll be, and Liz later will be offering one-on-one um, -on -one signups for extra support, and she will be in room five. And room five is past room one and two. It's in the corner. Is room five okay? And just to say about the the one-on-one -on -one practice discussions that Liz is going to offer. So. Liz is wonderful, really great to know, but that's not the purpose of these one-on-ones. It's not to say, Liz, I want to meet you. The purpose of them is to provide extra support. If you need extra support, not just to chat because you're bored. If you really need extra support on this retreat, she's available to support you. So respect that for each other and for yourself. If you need extra support, if you're having a challenging time, please sign up. If not, don't allow others to avail themselves of the opportunity. As a community, we practice together. Care for each other. Two more things. One is that the affinity sits start today. And there are two affinity sits, one, and you've seen them on the schedule already, at 2.15 in the afternoon, we have an optional BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color affinity groups. And it's optional, it's an invitation. Um, if you identify 
as BIPOC. You're invited, if you like, to, to sit uh, at, in the council's, con- council house. Um, and, and also uh, there is a 3.30 optional LGBTQIA2 plus GNC affinity practice group also in the council house. Again, optional. If you find it supportive, um, you're invited. And, and it, these sits are not for allies, uh, just to be clear. So opportunities, invitations, completely optional and open, just to offer support. And one last thing is that the sit at 11.45, right before lunch, is a 15-minute sit. So just to come back, just to settle, just to ah, reground in the beautiful ways that Sylvia invited us this morning. The beautiful ways, reconnecting, reconnecting, every moment, sitting, walking, reconnecting. So it is 15 minutes, and yes, please, uh, the bell ringer, please do ring the bell at 12 for that, not earlier. Did I miss anything, team? Okay, all right. Wishing you a wonderful day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.